Action. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. you know you're getting old when you get excited that the lawn is gonna get, finally get some rain on. i get to try out my new grill tonight and everything too all right go i'm fired up good show today uh our good buddy alan Karpik is going to join us here in just a little bit uh not only is he the head man over at goldenblack.com tremendous website uh we'll talk a little bit of purdue with him but uh he is also president of the joe tiller chapter of the national football foundation currently and they've got their big luncheon uh, that is coming up. They're going to honor a couple of uh, Purdue legends at this thing, getting enshrined in the Indiana Football Hall of Fame. So he's going to talk a little bit more about that, how you can get involved, and what the NFF does, and, and you know the things that you can do. It's um, it's a great it's a great weekend, or it's a great uh, Sunday event. So um, we'll get you tickets on, or details on tickets and all that good stuff. That's coming up here in uh, just a few minutes. But let's go ahead and get started. It's Need to Know News time. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, Coyote Crossing is hosting the uh, last boys uh, golf regional. Everybody else went yesterday, but uh, not our boys. No, they get to go today. Uh, so they've almost wrapped up on the course here. I checked the scores maybe about five minutes ago. Uh, top three teams advanced to state, as well as uh, the low two individuals not on an advancing team. Did I get that right? Because I thought for some reason they changed. Maybe they pared that back down, and it was three last year. Did I, I want to make sure that I wrote that down correctly because I feel like I got that one wrong. Nope, top, it's top two low individuals, which is new this year. Okay, so there you go. So we're looking for top two individuals not on an advancing team. That's what it takes to advance today. Top three teams that advanced out of Harrison Hill sectional, the local one here, were Faith Christian, who won the sectional championship, West Lafayette and Central Catholic. Out of the regional top three individuals who were not on those teams were golfers uh, from Carroll, Porter Dick, Lafayette Jess Maddox Walker, and Delphi's Kay Nelson. Now... Like I said, I just checked the scores maybe like three, four minutes before we went on the air. Not looking good for the local teams. Faith has the best shot, but it's running late and they're already 14 strokes back. It doesn't look likely. Faith's Joe Peter does have the best shot right now to advance his state. He sits fifth overall right now. Now, Westfield, Garen, and Zinesville will most likely advance. So you take a lot of those golfers out of the mix here, and and this is where it stands. Mason Price from Carmel would be the first guy in at one over. And then there's a log jam at three over. That includes Joe Peter and one other player not from um, a, a top three team. So you got Peter possibly in a playoff there if possible. There's also three individuals 
Uh, not from top three, he's right behind him at uh, four overs, Ian Perry of Plainfield. And then you've got four players that were at five over, including Faith's Eli Patton and uh, Porter Dick from Carroll. So it's slim here. Joe Peter has the best chance. That could change. Uh, we'll check in you know, halfway through the show after Allen. I'll see if we can't pull it up there and see if we can get some answers. But uh, it looks, I'm sad to say that it looks like Faith's uh, shot to make it through here to their first uh, state championship is, uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Individually, may get one through. White Sox split their doubleheader yesterday when they finish uh, the first game 6-5. to five. They lose the second one 3 to nothing to the Yankees. It's still a series win on the road, and you'll take that. They're going to head back home tonight to host Miami. Yuri Perez, the... Uh, the Phenom, the rookie Phenom, taking on Dylan Cease. Marlins on a six-game heater right now, but they did sweep the A's and Royals, so it is what it is. Cubs get swept by the Angels 3-1 with yesterday's final. Reed Detmer struck out eight Cubs over five and two-thirds innings. That is his second highest total uh, of the season as the Cub Bats continue the struggle. Can't get any runs in, man. Drew Smiley, six innings, seven hits, three runs. Two of those were earned and also came with uh, six Ks. Suzuki was two for four. Just another bad stretch here where the Cubs struck out 12 times. Patrick Wisdom struck out three times. He's really, really struggled, right? So it's not a secret. People have been noticing this. Um, he's one for 27 right now in his, uh, last, let's like say 27 at bats, just one hit in 18 at bats this month. He's hitting 140 since the start of May. Action shifts to San Francisco tonight when Marcus Stroman takes the mound to take on Anthony Discofani. There you go. That would be today's need to know news. Let's go. Oh, um, aviators. Those guys took down the dance last night and got themselves a little bit of redemption because they went out to Danville, uh, what was it, Tuesday night? And they probably should have won that game. But they do go out there. They beat Danville 10-1 to last night rather decisively. Congratulations to them. They are back again today at home. The Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp are in town, 7 o'clock, out there at Loeb. As for the standings, they remain on top of the Ohio River Valley Division, 6-2 uh, and two over Chillicothe, who is 6-4. and four. As for the East, uh, it's Lafayette and the normal Corn Belters, both at 6-2, and two, and the Cape Cadfish remain undefeated at 8-0 out in the West. There you go. Need to know news. All right. I didn't really have an official pick last night. I did say, I don't know. I said some things that worked. I said some things that didn't work yesterday, like uh, the under in the uh, hockey game, right? But then I gave away, if you're going to play like the ahead two, I think I gave some stuff out there, but not like I, I didn't really have an official play yesterday. Today, we're going to change things here. DraftKings has still got the two run early lead win. For you here on your money line bet, you opt in. Make sure you use it when you make your bet. All right, you gotta attach it. 
And if you get up like two runs or more at any point, that money line automatically pays out. I look straight up tonight. Straight up tonight, I like Miami over the White Sox. What's not to like about this? First off, they're in plus money, which blows my mind. White Sox have struggled against right-handed pitching. Dead last and on-base percentage over the last month. Third to last and expected one runs created. Oh, Yuri Perez, he's been pretty darn good. Top prospect for the uh, for, for the Marlins. Triple-digit fastball. A 2.25 ERA through his first five MLB starts. He's doing well. Meanwhile, Dylan Cease is... Yeah, doing the coyote thing. Fastball velocity's down. Movement on the slider is down. He's striking out fewer batters. He's walking more. His K to BB rate is down 3% from last season. And if that doesn't do it, Miami's bullpen is second in reliever FIP over the last month. Meanwhile, the White Sox rank 18th in that stat. Oh, and they played a doubleheader in all of that smoke in the Bronx yesterday. Then caught a red eye back and it got to play today. So what do you think? Plus money? Might as well attach that uh, two-run promotion. And maybe you get paid out early on that. They also have that uh, All Sports 33% same game parlay X boost. If you want to get the Canadian Open, get an 18% profit boost on that. Up to 100% boost on uh, a baseball same game parlay. It's all good. They got your NBA Finals, which is... They're playing that tonight? I thought we had another day. Oh, man, we got game four of the NBA Finals tonight. Three and a half on the Nuggets? I'm not going to lie. My gut wants me to take Miami a little bit in this one. No research, no thought into it. That's got me in there. Also, DraftKings has got a uh, boost for you here, too. It's plus 100 for Joker, Murray, and Butler to score 20 points each. I thought I just got that. I thought I had better odds on Joker and Butler to do that in the last game. Now I got that in Murray? Okay. Anyway, that's stuff that's all out there for you. I like the uh, I like the Marlins tonight. That's my play. I think Baltimore's a solid bet tonight. Dodgers in Philadelphia, winds blowing in. Eh. I mean, Brewers over the Athletics. I hate taking the Brewers and expecting the Brewers to get runs, but it's the Athletics. And the Padres tonight primed to absolutely put up huge numbers. You Darvish is on the mound. I mean, they're going to pummel the Rockies tonight. Gomber on the mound. Wind blowing out in Colorado. Oh. Probably good. If I want to take a home run prop tonight here, it's got to be in that game. What's Tatis? Plus 240 for Fernando Tatis? Seems low. We'll have to do some research on that one. But there you go. That's today's need-to-know news. That is today's best bets. Let's 
get it done. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. But he's going to speak on the uh, NFF Joe Tiller chapter and uh, their luncheon that they've got coming up on the 25th. He's going to tell you what that all entails. We'll talk a little Purdue with him as well. So stick around. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're going to go over to the Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring Alan Carpick, the head man, over at goldenblack.com, a must-go-to resource. I'm telling you, for any Purdue fan, you got to sign up and get a subscription. It's the best. There's free stuff on there, too, which is good. But, you know, with the premium stuff, you, you get all the access here. And uh, you'll know who's in camps today, by the way. It's how I found out the, who's all going to be out at the uh, Purdue football camps today. Uh, Brian just does such a great job. The whole staff really does a great job over there. And uh, Alan is the uh, head man over there. Alan, hey, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I am doing well, man. Jared, thanks uh, for having me on. We're getting it's a sign that we're getting closer to uh, – we're not listening to summer away, but we're getting closer to the fall, and obviously we'll be talking a lot as we get to the football season. Well, before we get – I do want to talk some Purdue stuff with you here, but first I want to get into uh, another thing that you are a member of. You're actually the, the, the president of this thing right now, the uh, Tiller uh, a chapter of the National Football Foundation. Uh, which is going to have its uh, its luncheon here coming up on the 25th. Uh, you can uh, order tickets and attend this. A lot of dignitaries are uh, going to be out there. They will also announce the JNC Male and Female Student Athletes of the Year, a bunch of other awards. Uh, but you guys are also going to be uh, enshrining a couple in the Indiana Football Hall of Fame as well. Alan, kind of give me a rundown of just some of the major things you guys are going to be doing out there at this uh, luncheon on the 25th. Well, I may be the president, but Jim Brugink does all, all the work for it and has uh, made this into uh, uh, you know an annual event that's been going on for, for, for a long time. I think we're actually looking at uh, year number 14, I believe it is. And, and it is a, it is the and it really is a good community event for football, uh, certainly in the area. Uh, National Football Foundation, Joe Tiller chapter. Uh, the Northwest Indiana chapter is housed right here in, in Lafayette. And, and you're right, it's great because we honor a lot of student athletes in all sports from from the local area. So we'll get a lot of them. And, of course, Sam King and the folks at General Courier also will nominate the, and and select their student athletes of the year. We've talked about two guys coming, Ryan Kerrigan and Curtis Painter, two names that we all know from Purdue football lore will be inducted into the Indiana Hall of Fame. Uh, which is a big deal as well. So it's always a kind of a kind of a thing. We'll be honoring Zach Eady, honoring, uh, uh, like I said, Kerrigan and Tom Kubot, longtime sports writer for Lafayette Journal and Courier, Clayton Richard, though I don't know that Clayton's going to be able to be there, but he'll be also going into the Indiana Football Hall of Fame as well. Of course, we all know Clayton from his days at Michigan in football. We all think of him as a baseball guy, but he's a terrific uh, four-star level of uh, high school quarterback that, that went and played for the Wolverines. Yeah, I can't remember who he backed up at Michigan. I'm sure that guy never really amounted to anything either, too. Yeah. Never heard of him or anything like that. Yeah, you know, that's right. Steve Henson, right. No, or Drew Henson, I know, but you're right. Tom Brady, too, were there at the same time. And and uh, Clayton, it was hard for him to get on the field as much as he would have liked in football, but he, he certainly did in baseball and had a had a really long career early in the major leagues. And they're one of the, one of our great community members here. I don't want to leave out you know for the, for you high school football fans, Chris Meeks either uh, going right. in as they, well they, too. That's another name. 
big deal from Rensselaer Central, and he's a guy that also, you know, people have have a lot of respect for in the area and the job he's done. But it's it's just a good event, and the folks that are interested in doing that can can reach out to Jim Brujink uh, for tickets. Uh, they can add Jim Brujink, and it's V R U G G I N K at Purdue.edu, or call, give Jim a call at seven six five four two seven thirty three zero three. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun event and uh, kind of, like I said, a tradition. And Jim has put a lot of sweat into sweat and uh, passion into this, uh, keeping this group alive with the Joe Tiller chapter. Yeah, if you go to uh, the, the Tiller, the Joe Tiller NFF, uh, it's nfftillerchapter.org. There's actually a PDF there, and uh, you can get you all the details right there. Uh, you can also uh, get yourself signed up for the Tyler Trent Golf Outing, which will be September the 1st as well. So uh, plenty of stuff there. Alan, talk a little bit about, so outside of this, I mean, you guys raise funds and people be, can become a member of this. Talk a little bit about the perks of becoming a member of the uh, Tiller chapter of the NFF, what you guys get to do. Well, it really kind of originated from Joe Tiller's disdain for why Purdue did not have many, many um, uh, football players in the Hall of Fame. And uh, he said, you know, we got to get a, we got to get a chapter started. He had done a good job. Uh, growing his chapter in Wyoming into when he was the head coach at Wyoming and grew that to a large number of uh, folks. And uh, we really did ramp it up. The great uh, legendary Bernie Flowers, who Purdue, or Purdue Lafayette area folks remember, passed away a few years ago, but uh, really was the Pied Piper of, of getting folks to, to become members. And since then, we've got Notice Armstrong, Mark Herman, Dave Butts, uh, the late Dave Butts, unfortunately, but uh, those folks into the, the Hall of Fame, and, and uh, that's a that's a had a lot to do with the fact that we've had a very strong chapter here. We're talking with Alan Carpick here of uh, GoldenBlack.com uh, and uh, the president of the Tiller chapter of the NFF. Again, uh, that luncheon is going to be on the twenty fifth. Uh, get all the information on that and, and more. I'm telling you, it's it's pretty cool to be a Hall of Fame voter when you uh, get to be a uh, member here. So make sure you sign up. There's also uh, details, too. It's never too early. Start planning September the 1st uh, out at Coyote Crossing for the um, uh, for the uh, Tyler Trent golf outing uh, that they will host as well. That's always a uh, fun time to watch Alan uh, slice it right off the first tee box. Uh, so make sure you uh, sign up for that as well. All right, Al, I, I kind of want to get a little bit of Purdue while we got you here because uh, that is the day job. Um I've been trying to spend some time recently just reflecting on just how much happened for Purdue sports uh, in 2022, 2023. Uh, It it was quite a leap forward in a lot of senses, especially with the major programs in in men's basketball and and football, going the Big Ten championship game in football, uh, winning the Big Ten title outright by good margin, winning the Big Ten tournament, Zach Eady. I mean, this was a real step forward, I think, this year uh, for the for the athletic athletic department uh, when you take it in as a whole. Yeah, you do. I mean, it certainly it certainly set the table. And of course, so much happened since. You know, obviously Jeff Brown takes off for Louisville and Purdue hires Ryan Walters. That's a you know a major change, and that's going to create a lot of the intrigue as we get to the fall of how the Boilermakers will be. Yes, Purdue basketball uh, had a disappointing end of the season, uh, catastrophic if you talk about losing the 16 seed. But this is a team that, that uh, you know was ranked uh, number one for multiple weeks this year. Uh, a lot of excitement, obviously coming back. We're producing the top five with 
which it likely will be now that Zach Eady is returning. You know, it'll be the first time since 1987-88 that Purdue's had a start of the preseason, the top five. And I understand some fans want to say, well, let's finish in the final four. We'll worry about not worry about the top five. But this is a program that, that uh, you know, as, as disappointing as the end of last year was, is a team that uh, has got the capabilities, we all know that, of going a long way. And it's going to be a fun story to watch. Uh, when you think of Miles Colvin and, and uh, Cam Cam and Heidi, some new names to the list, Lance Jones, et cetera, not the exact same team, but a lot of talent returning, and uh, that's going to be fun as well. And, you know, also too, I mean, obviously, you know, Dave Shondell's uh, volleyball team will be one of the best in the country coming up. They still remain strong, and Katie Gerald's made the NCAA tournament. So, of the four quote-unquote revenue sports at Purdue, things are things are looking up. And uh, you have to give those coaches and those programs a lot of credit for getting that done. I, I don't want to leave out Coach Ursuline and Wrestling, too, who had themselves a, a, a real moment, too, with Matt Ramos at the uh, oh, yeah. National Time. Yeah. One of the great moments, really, in, in, you know, in college athletics last year, because he really turned from an upset, you know, his ability to win, to win that semifinal match. And, you know, that's, that's the great thing about living in this community. Not only do we have great high school sports, but we have. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to go and watch, not only at Purdue, but uh, it's such a great community for these types of events. And that's really what the, the NFF thing is about, just about our community here. And it's support, yes, of football, but also of all sports and all the kids and families that are, that are involved that uh, uh, make it really, really important. And I just feel like this community right now, Alan, has it's really been trending up over the last several years. I mean, I just... I can't remember the hype around, you know, both the basketball programs, volleyball, football, especially with all the changes coming to Ross Aid Stadium. Um, we, we talked about the uh, the wrestling hype there as well. Um, uh, certainly, I think the golf programs are starting to make some real headway here too, having some real standout talent. I mean, I, I just feel like the community, the, the momentum. I, I do not remember the excitement and the success being you know as high as it's been over the last i don't know like five to ten years in all these programs like this well it certainly is at a high level and and, and no there is and, and the facilities are an interesting part of this as well obviously brought State stadium going through the uh there'll be the tiller tunnel next year and of course all the all the south end zone work uh it'll be a very different look uh to, to ross State stadium and yeah, when Fresno State comes calling at noon on September the second, man. Yeah, and then golf. You got this. You got the uh, uh, clubhouse being built on Cherry Lane, which is going to be unbelievably. Uh, you know, Sam Allen and company that donated to that is is, is going to be a real plum for the not only just pretty golf, but the, the entire community. So yeah, a lot going on, a lot of fun things going on. That's uh, that's why we like doing the sports thing. Is that uh, there's always something to look forward to. Yes, Ryan Walters and company will have a challenge this year. It'll be a big one. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how his program gets off the off the uh, deck. But I think that uh, he's a guy that's confident. He's got a lot of enthusiasm, and uh, in the transfer portal world, anything can happen. But he can be really competitive this year. Uh, though I think they're going to be picked to be a be a mid level team. But it still gives you a chance and a good schedule with Ohio State, Michigan back on it. Uh, it's going to be a really challenging schedule as well. As long as you want to give me Illinois, Northwestern, and uh, Indiana every year, I'm okay with that too, by the way. That's uh, that's one way to help get your program off the deck, that's for sure. Yeah, it, you know, in a lot, for the long term, you know, mentioning about the Big Ten scheduling and looking ahead, no doubt. That, I think that's a, that's a big thing for Purdue that's a, 
that uh, certainly Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern will be in, be around. Uh, that that's going to be helpful. That's, that's uh, in terms of that. USC is coming to West Lafayette in 2024, and Purdue's heading out to UCLA in 2025. That's just a sign that how much things have changed and how the world is different. And uh, it's going to take some getting used to those teams uh, being a part of the Big Ten, but uh, that will be the reality. Uh, starting in 2024. Alan Carpick back in Pasadena. Look out, everybody. Oh, hard to believe. <laughs> hard to believe. Yeah, it's a road trip out to that one. NFF uh, Tiller. Uh, it's org. That's how you get involved with uh, the Tyler Trent golf outing September 1st at Coyote Crossing, but coming up on the 25th, that's the big luncheon. They'll be honoring and enshrining guys like uh, Ryan Kerrigan, like Curtis Painter, uh, Coach Meeks. I, just so much stuff going on. You get a full rundown of all that stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be a great day. And then don't forget, of course, goldenblack.com, which you know I always tell everybody how great it is. So make sure you get your subscription over there. Alan, buddy, I know you're a little under the weather right now, still recovering. I appreciate you carving out some time on a Friday for us, my friend. Uh, and uh, cannot wait to uh, continue to talk some more Purdue sports with you once August comes around, buddy. Well, then I am definitely on the men. I got that little virus, that deep, raspy voice that I've always wanted. Now I have <laughs> nice. for the short term. So. The Barry White of Purdue sports. That's what they Yeah, call there you go. There you go. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the summer. I'm sure we'll. Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017thehammer.com. Hey, thank you, Alan Carpick. We uh, appreciate that. I do want to check in because it's almost over out at the regional at Coyote Crossing. We did have local golfers involved here. We look for the top three teams, and then the top two individuals not on those top three teams. Right now, Faith tied for fourth and uh, sitting 23 strokes back from second place Zionsville. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. That is, uh, that is the team that is uh, the closest uh, you've also got West Lafayette in A third fifty seven over through seventeen, uh, and they're probably locked in there to uh, to eighth. And then CC is in thirteenth. Uh, they're in the clubhouse at ninety eight over as a team, a three eighty six. And uh, everybody around them is uh, their covenant can still maybe drop down, but you're asking for eleven strokes on the last two holes. Uh, it looks like they're probably. Stuck in there. Now, we had talked at the top of the show about top two individuals not uh, on those top three teams, which is going to be Garen, it's going to be Westfield, and it's going to be Zionsville would make it through to play in the state tournament. Joe Peter had the best chance and uh, had gotten back down to uh, with three under, but now at five, or I'm sorry, three over. Now down to five over, he has dropped down to 12 uh, through 16, so two more holes. Uh, he's going to need to get to at least four over to have a chance here. There are two guys in the clubhouse with 76s. He's going to have to do it. I don't know what hole he started on. Oh, he's yeah. He double bogeyed sixteen. It says here, so he's got a. He's on seventeen. He needs to uh, birdie that par three, and then he needs to birdie eighteen. And if he can do that, um, he can at least get himself into a three-way playoff to make it through. Uh, but he has the best chance of doing that. Um, other local golfers we had in the clubhouse: Cade Nelson, Delphi. 
Finishes 21st as of right now. He shot an 88 over, as did Eli Patton from Faith. I'm sorry, Eli still got uh, one more uh, hole to play here. He's on to 18, but he's also at 8 over. And then uh, Charlie Seberg, also in the top 25 right now. He shot a 9 over 81 for the day. Porter Dick from Carroll uh, at uh, 9 over. He's through 17. He's got one more hole left. Uh, he could possibly drop down to uh, 8. So uh, it's, it was going to be tough. We knew it was going to be tough because um, Westfield had a very good team. What, you get six guys there, and four of them are in the top six for Westfield? So we knew that was going to be tough. But still, you'd like to see one of these. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering uh, who the leader is, it's three under. It's a kid from Garen Catholic who shot a 69. There is a kid from Westfield that's on 18 right now who has a chance. No, he doesn't. I'm sorry. He's at even. I'm looking at that wrong. Yeah, so three under is going to win this thing. But, um, yeah, four over would have got you in the top six here today. Dang. Don't like to see that. All right, uh, this kind of got dropped today here where the NABC, which is the National Association of Basketball Coaches, has approved a series of men's basketball rule changes uh, at the NCAA level here for next year. Most notably, and this is probably going to upset Purdue fans a little bit, is a change to the block charge call. A secondary defender has to be outside the restricted area arc to legally draw a charge. But also, under the new rule, a defender will have to be in position to draw a charge at the time an offensive player plants a foot to go airborne and attempt for a field goal. If the defender arrives after an offensive player plants a foot to launch towards the basket, it is now a block. This is probably one of the hardest calls to make in basketball because of how quickly and bang-bang it can be. But the rules committee seems to think that this will uh, give officials more time to be able to officiate those plays. It takes out a lot of charge calls. That's for sure. And they thought there were going to be too many of those. Now, for Purdue fans, you know it's one of the most exciting things you can do in Mac Arenas. Take a charge, right? Love that kind of stuff here. Oh, boy, you're going to have to get there a little bit quicker now. I don't know how I like it. I think it's a little bit easier on the officials, yes. But uh, this gives, this makes it infinitely harder to take the charge from that spot. But it is only not that. Look, you're still going to have a, what percentage of the charges are taking place right around the rim there, though? I wonder if it's as high of a percentage as I really think that it is. There were some other rule changes. Some of them impactful. Some of them, eh. Like uh, an optional rule to allow preloaded live video to be transmitted to the bench area, which has been an experimental rule for the last two years. There's a change to goaltending. Officials will be able to review goaltending and basket interference calls during the next media timeout to ensure calls are accurate. However, that is as long as the official calls it on the floor. 
If there's a foul on the shooter while the ball is in the air with a goal 10 basket interference, the review would be immediate to properly educate the, uh, adjudicate, sorry, uh, the potential free throws, which makes sense. However, if it's one of those plays where, you know, it looked like goaltending. It doesn't get called. They go to the media timeout. You come back from the break and they say, hey, take a look at this. They got away with one. They're not reviewing that. They got to blow the whistle. So I wonder if we'll see more goaltending calls, specifically because they think they can review them later. You know how they were advocating to do that kind of stuff in, in football with uh, the reviews and turnovers? They just let it play out because we, you know, we can review it. It's not an auto review. But it's something to keep in mind. Bench personnel who are not students are now allowed to serve as peacekeepers when altercations occur. Okay. Under two minutes, when a coach requests an out-of-bounds play be reviewed, that team will be charged a timeout if the original call is not overturned. Can we just stop every time the ball goes out of bounds having a player do that little twirly thing with their finger to review it when you can't do it? Can we make that a technical hate that. Uh, anytime the ball hits the rim and the offense retains possession of the front court, shot clock gets reset to 20 seconds. If a player is called for a foul, an instant replay official see that the foul is a direct result of a flagrant one or flagrant two foul against the player who was originally assessed a foul. Officials will be allowed to remove the foul on the player who was flagrantly fouled. So... What, like if I get pushed into somebody, I can't get called for the foul? They go to re- Okay. A timeout will uh, be granted. Now, they've gone back and forth on this rule, I feel like, forever. We're back to you do not have to have your feet down inbounds to call a, t- a timeout. A timeout will be granted when a player has possession of the ball, even though the player is airborne. Players are now allowed to wear 0 through 99. Schools don't have to submit a waiver for uh, religious headwear. They will now be able to add red and amber lights behind the backboard as well, which is great. So really, a whole lot of rules that aren't going to be huge. The timeout rule is a change, and you know that, that impacts things. Obviously, the shot clock. Under two minutes, you can get doctor timeout for requesting that uh, you know they look at it. Hopefully that'll slow down. It seems like every out-of-bounds play gets looked at, and the the last two minutes of games just drag on forever and ever and ever. There's also one rule that's got to be that is, I think, very much of interest to you, but it's an NIT rule, and the NIT committee has to approve it. And that is in the NIT. They are going to widen the lane to 16 feet. But... That experimental rule must be approved by the NIT board to go into effect. So there you go. Those are rule changes for basketball. Going to be harder to draw those charges. You can fly out of bounds in midair. As long as you got the ball, you can still call the timeout. Goaltending basket interference can be reviewed as long as it was called uh, during the next media timeout. And that's basically, those are the big ones. Those are the changes to watch out for. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up for the week here with the things we missed and more on the Hammerdown Show on 101.7 The Hammer.
Hey, back on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jesselitis. All right, let's get you uh, some of the things that we may have missed. So I tweeted about this a little bit yesterday. By tweeted about it, I mean I saw it, I retweeted, and I was like, yo, hold up. Baby Gronk coming through Purdue and uh, doing the thing, doing the recruiting experience. Now, if you don't know who Baby Gronk is, he's a talented fourth-grade kid. He's in fourth grade, and he's taking all of these visits. Like, you go to the Instagram, here he is at Missouri. Um, here he is, let's see here, where else? Here's Purdue. Kentucky. Memphis. Here he is at Louisville. He was at LSU and got to meet up with Livy uh, uh, Dunn. That was an awkward thing. And then they basically made it like, I don't know, like she was flirting with him or something. Now, never mind that we got a 20-year-old and a 10-year-old, and it's not weird enough. But the kid looks so joyless in everything that he does. I know it's kind of part of the shtick a little bit. But he does not look like he's enjoying himself deep down inside. I kind of feel bad for him. His dad's in the athletic talking about how he's always had a plan. And this is it. Young influencers are just weird. My daughter watches one, and uh, her name is Adley. And the dad's got, like, uh, they live out in Utah. The dad's got, uh, like, a video game company, a bunch of other little companies. And, you know, puts her in these video games and stuff for kids and... Like, it seems cute and all that stuff, but then you realize, like, I have to explain to my daughter, because the the kid's never getting any kind of trouble. They're always going on vacations and playing video games and stuff. I'd be like, this is not real life. And I'm sure what you see on social media is not real life either. But there's just something weird about trying to make kids, like, attractions like this to me. I'm not I'm not chastising anybody that's brought him in to be a part of the social media movement, you know. I I just I don't know. It's 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 a little bit as a dad, it's a little bit weird to me. I hope that the kid continues to I I hope eventually he turns these into uh to offers when he gets older. I hope he doesn't lose his love for football. I hope he doesn't get too big ahead about himself. I mean, he's still young. It just, it, it's really, I, no problem when you put your kids out on your social media, you want to talk and show off videos and stuff like that. That's cool. But like, it's, it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole industry. And that just, it just seems so weird to me. Something's just not right about it. But one thing as a parent that I absolutely hate, and I'm sure you do too, is when other people try to tell you how to raise your kids or how to deal with your kids or how to talk to your kids. Dad's more than free to do, you know, whatever. It just, for me, I just feel like it's a little bit much. He knows his kid better than I do. I, I couldn't do that to my jet. Just I, I can't do it with jet. <laughs> That's just me. I'm going to wrap it up. That's going to do it for the Hammer Down Show here on 1017 The Hammer. It's been a great week. Big thank you to Alan Carpick for being on with us, man. Always appreciate having Alan on. Sounds like it's going to be a nice weekend as well. So I hope you get a chance to get out there and enjoy it with your family. We're going to be back again on Monday. Um, who knows what the sports world is going to give us 
this this weekend. I it, it was a crazy week this week, wasn't it? So who knows what we're going to have to talk about on Monday, but I promise you we'll be back. Talking local sports. By the way, best of luck to Emily Goo. Best of luck to Delphi Baseball this weekend. Still alive in the state championship hopes. I'll see you back here on Monday on The Hammer. Golfers with the construction on Cherry Lane, Burke Boilermaker is still open and ready for play. This year, you'll park in the ross lot near Northwestern Avenue and start on number 11 for the Ackerman Allen course. Bypass the trailer and the lines by paying online at PurdueGolf.com. The Camp and Costler course will be open for members and guests this year, but the driving range will still be open to the public. Please visit PurdueGolf.com backslash clubhouse for updates about temporary parking arrangements. But rest assured, when you're on the course, it's business as usual at Burke Boilermaker. The Golf Experience.